I'm super excited because you really are my f- first in a series of extended podcasts called A Drink and a Chat with. So I'm doing a drink and a chat with Jill Bennett. And, um, oh, awesome. I wish I were, I, I wish that I would be drinking with you, but I have rehearsal later, so it's probably best that I don't. <laughs> well, it is early, so you could just have coffee or tea. That's okay, too. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> when you say drink, I usually, you know. I know, right where your mind goes. I've, I've hung with. an alcoholic with, beverage of sorts. I've hung with you now. I know where your mind goes. <laughs> <laughs> but this is super exciting because this is um we're we're talking a little bit about a whole uh, a whole new world really we know you we know you from tv and and movies and web series and and but you you do have a little bit of theater background and now you're you're starring in a play yes i'm very excited i i have kept a tiny little one of my little toes in in theater since i've been in la um just because it's number one, it is it is where I'll, you know my acting training actually is is theatrical. Um, but I absolutely love uh, the medium. I guess you could call it theater a medium. Um, I love being in front of an audience, and I love the immediate feedback. I love the the difference in you know working with actors on stage is obviously a completely different experience than than uh, you know doing something on film or TV or anything digital. Yeah, it's um, it's a cool thing. I, I keep yeah. thinking like it's like flying without a safety net. Oh, it's absolutely that's exactly what it is. And this this play is um, it's called Exit the King. It's by uh, uh, Eugene Ionesco. It's an absurdist play, which I can explain later. But um, I'm basically on stage the entire time. Um, it's you know, and, and like the first two minutes is you know, basically introducing the play. But then from then on, I am on the stage through the entire show, um, which is utterly exhausting. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually really tired right now. Um, we're, we're about to go into tech week. Um, but it's, you know, when you do, when, when you're filming something, you're, you know, you're sitting in your trailer, you're sitting waiting to act. For most of the day, and being in front of the cameras constitutes when we're actually acting is such a small part of your day. I mean, you're actually only filming usually an hour or two in total, so you don't have to maintain this, you know, level of intensity. But when you're on stage, you you have to be engaged the entire time, and this role is a very emotionally uh, heightened role. Um, it's a comedy, but the show's a comedy, but my character is in this constant state of something at all times, and it's exhausting. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't quite prepared for, for how um, draining this was going to be, but it, it's, I'm having a blast. It's, uh, you're, playing, you're playing a queen of sorts, right? Yes. Um, there are two, and here come the sirens. They're coming to get me. Um, <laughs> There are two queens in the play. It's actually, it's only a cast of six. Um, The play revolves around um, a King Berenger, who is basically told at the beginning of the play that he is going to die by the end of the play. And it's it's him going through the stages, basically the stages of death. And and it's hysterically funny. Um, (laughs) And then he has two queens. Um, His first wife, which is Queen Marguerite, um, played by a fantastic 
Erin Matthews, if you look her up on IMDb, she's got a million credits. She's brilliant. Um, and she's sort of the practical, you know, brass tack wife that's like, you're going to die, you need to prepare yourself. And then I play his second wife, being Marie, who is um, trying to do everything, you know, short of a soft shoe to distract him from the fact that he is going to die. Um, so we're playing complete, you know, opposite roles with him. I don't want him to think that he's going to die because I think it's going to make it worse. And she is like, no, he needs to prepare himself for the death. So it's, it's basically, you know, like everybody's had relatives die or a friend die, and there's always that one person who's like telling them, you're not going to die. You're not going to, no matter how close to death they might actually be, they're in denial because it's actually them that they're thinking about. They're not thinking about the person who's dying. They're thinking about themselves and, you know, their selfish need to have this person stay on the planet with them. It's so true. It's so true. You know, and it's like, it's such a, um, a fine line between them spewing positivity to try and make everybody feel better. And, and basically it is self-serving in a sense. Yeah. Oh, and you, you see that with this, you know, with this character, it's all through the play, you know, you're, you're sort of like, well, she's the sweet one, you know, she's trying to, she's, She's trying to keep him positive, but then, you know, toward the end of the play, you see what's really happening. And Marguerite, who, the other queen, who sort of is set up to be the villain, you see that she is actually doing him a service. You know, she's the one, she truly loves him, and she is trying to help him through this last transition to life. But I'm saying all this, and this show's a comedy. It's so, it's so, it's absurd. It's, it's, um... Absurdism is a, is a, was a movement in theater um, that happened in the, the 50s uh, with uh, Eugene Ionesco, and um, there's a play called Waiting for Godot, which uh, if you're at all familiar with theater, a lot of people know what it is, but it's, it, the dialogue is very strange and sort of disjointed, and the situations are literally absurd. They write, uh, you know, the, the way that the scenes are written, it sometimes doesn't make sense, really, really heightened. It's almost like watching a Looney Tunes cartoon brought to life by human beings. <laughs> but we're talking about death. So it's like this really bizarre combination of, of elements. And I, you know, when I first read the play, I kind of was like, what the hell is this? Like, I, you know, I was a little lost, to be honest with you, because reading it and obviously seeing it are two totally different things. But the director, um, his name is Pat Town, who, who is also brilliant, and he's a he's a really celebrated um, director out here. He's also an actor, and he started the Annoyance Theater uh, in Chicago with Jane Lynch, and he was on Broadway with Jane doing a real life Brady Bunch. And like, he's a brilliant actor. He's so 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 funny, and he actually emailed me and just offered me the role because I've known him for years, and he he's like, you'd be perfect to play this. And I read the play, and I was like. I kind of don't get this. <laughs> That's okay. Everybody has that reaction. Just tell me you'll do it, and, and we'll figure it out. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So, wow. Um, and I'm so glad I did. It's, it's been fantastic. And it's always fun to do something that's um, challenging. But So your your reservations were, were more about the play itself, not jumping back into theater, because like yeah. you said it's been it's been a little bit and it is it's a grueling schedule especially once i mean you once you're up and going it, it becomes even more and being on stage the entire time 
you can't even leave to pee. No, you can't. And that's a problem for me. I have the, you know, my little tiny bladder <laughs> is an issue. Um, so it is. It, it's utterly exhausting. And I'm like, I'm definitely going to sleep a lot this weekend in preparation for Tech Week and, and opening um, next Friday. Um, but, you know, I've absolutely wanted to get back to doing theater, but it's for the very reason that it is a grueling schedule and, you know, rehearsals, we're rehearsing five hours a day and, um, you know, it's just a totally different process from, yeah. from doing film and TV, but I've forgotten how much I love it. And, um, you know, it, and, and I'm suited, definitely, this is a comedy to, to, to theater because I, I love comedy and it's in front of an audience and you get that automatic that feedback. Yeah, that know? instant response, right. So uh, I'm really excited. I mean, I've done, you know, over the past decade or so, I mean, I haven't done actually a full production since uh, I think it was 1999, and I did a, a, a version of Shakespeare's Time of Athens, which is one of his lesser-known plays. Um, but it, it was a huge hit here in L.A., and we extended, and we won all kinds of awards, and that's actually how I got involved with this theater company, Sacred Fools, that I've been involved with in L.A. off and on, and I've done a ton of sketch comedy stuff, like late night stuff for them. I've done productions of vagina monologues and stuff, but, like, actually a full show with costumes and lights and sound and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's been, it's been a minute for me, so <laughs> it's, it's really fun to be back, um, to be back doing this, and I've really needed break, um, from doing, you know, from producing. It's actually really nice just to show up and be an actor for, you know, the first time in a long time. It's true, because you do. You're, you're normally wearing a couple of different hats. Yeah, at least, at least ten. <laughs> it seems like I can't, I, I, I can't enjoy myself as an artist unless I'm, you know, producing, acting, running craft services, you know, <laughs> all kinds of crazy things. So it's really nice just to, to show up and, and be an actor. Yeah, it really does. It, it kind of um, brings you back to, to why why you got get into it, I guess, you know, because I, I did, uh, when I was growing up in Florida, I did theater for like 10 years, but all like mostly behind the scenes stuff. And then another 10 years went by or more. And, um, and just two, three years ago when I was working at Riverside Studios with Deb Mosk and Sharon Glass, it, the feeling when you walk into the theater, the electricity that's in the air and the intensity just with an empty theater, you know, and lights up and people working on the sets and everything. It's just that different kind of energy. And it brought me like right back. And it does, it just, it, it fills your heart again with, with like, Oh, this is why I love theater. Yes. It, it, it absolutely, you know, there, there's in LA too. I mean, truthfully, this is a really good theater town. You, you know, and people sometimes are surprised by that, but it's a town filled with really good actors. So yeah. why wouldn't there be good theater here? Yeah. Um, but a lot of it, at least, you know, 20 years ago, most of the theater in, in L.A. could be described as just sort of, you know, people doing workshops so that they could get agents. Mm -hmm. You know, like it wasn't really about the show. It was about them, you know, uh, you know, doing some sort of, uh, you know, showcase for their yeah, acting. right. Uh, but that's really changed. And now, you know, actors who are out of work, which are 
know, most actors, um, <laughs> actually want to do something artistic and be a part of something um, that, that, you know, reminds them of why they're doing this whole thing in the first place. And theater is definitely where that's at. I mean, I, I haven't felt, I mean, after the first, the first week I was petrified, to be honest with you. I was like, what have I gotten myself into? Like, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. I don't know how I'm going to learn all these lines. Um, it's an incredibly wordy play. And by that, uh, you know, obviously all plays are wordy, given that they are plays. But, <laughs> yeah, but... There's, this is, but this particular type of, of dialogue was really difficult to learn because it's very disjointed. And you're not logically reacting to the line that's said to you. So, you know, someone can say a line like, oh, my gosh, um, can you turn that light on? And your response is, that apple looks really red. You know, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, it's not like the whole play is like that, but there, there are definitely huge sections of it where you're kind of like, this dialogue, just what the hell is going on? And now I get it. Now it's been, you know, we've been in rehearsals for a month, and so we've broken it down, and I understand what everything is going on. But after the first week, I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? You know, and now I'm like, I'm so excited that I did this. I wouldn't, you know. Yeah. Just, it, I can't imagine what I would be doing without this play right now. It's, you know, it's funny because um, years of doing it and especially like directing and being an assistant director, stage manager, every little last thing you can think of backstage, I remember so many tricks and they were always to, um, you know, stay in the moment. And if you don't know your line, you'll at least know your cue or you'll know where it's going enough to stay on track. And the way you're describing this, that's probably, it doesn't apply at all. It, no, it doesn't, but here's, here, here's the fun part of this play. We break the fourth wall in the very beginning of the show, which for people who aren't theater people or know what that means, that's basically where we acknowledge that the audience is there and right. we actually talk to them, or so not all of us, but certain characters in the play will actually directly speak to the audience. So we're not, you know, once you've broken the fourth wall with an audience, now, you know, there's all, there's all kinds of ways that we can cover each other's asses. Right. If someone drops the queue or misses an, an entrance, you can literally say, Juliet, you need to come back out here. <laughs> or you can look at the audience and acknowledge what's happening. It's, um, you know, so it's, it's like a unique situation where I actually feel safer um, knowing that because we've broken the fourth wall, if something goes terribly wrong, I can just simply acknowledge it to the audience because it won't seem you know, out of the, the realm of the play. Yeah, that um, is a, that's a blessing. In that sense, it, it's a little more improvisational. It's not improvisational work. Clearly going to be following the script. Right. But if something were to happen, um, we could use our improv skills to, to successfully climb out of it. Like I fell down the stairs yesterday <laughs> and I just looked into the, you know, audience and said, well, you know, and I, you know, I made a joke of it and blah, blah, blah. Um, and assuming people will laugh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess yeah. that's the good part. Like when when you, when you break that fourth wall and, and you do have a little dialogue with the audience, they're not really sure the next time it happens whether it's supposed to or not. So it does exactly. it does give you a little bit of confidence that you can you know pick it up and keep going, especially with you know a stumbler. I mean, I I saw that for myself on stage when I, when I was working with with Sharon and one or you know once or twice in a six month run. You know, there was some stumbles, and thank God, because she had that, that relationship with the audience at the very beginning of the play, so that was exactly how 
she recovered, you know, and it was great because she always got a good audience response. So it does kind of give you a little bit more confidence. You know, the, the what I'm wondering too is like, it's funny to hear, like you were saying how theater was a couple of years ago in LA um, and it was, you know, workshopping and, and people, you know, showcasing their, their talents and stuff. But I think for me, when I hear theater in LA, I immediately associate it with with improv stuff and groundlings and, and that kind of thing. And then I feel really bad because I know that it is so much more than that, but that's always my first impulse is that it's a bunch of people that are bouncing stuff off of each other and it's just going to be hilarious no matter what it is, even a drama. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that it, that it's that, that this is, is coming out and, and we can put the word out to tell people to go see it because it is, it's, it is, it sounds like the quintessential theater experience now. It is. It absolutely is. And there, you know, there are a lot of, like I said, really, you know, now, the, you know, actors who are actually, you know, respect their craft and really want to be a part of something are starting to do theater again. And, you know, you'll, you'll go see a cast of, of actors that you're like, oh my God, I've seen them in TV and movies and, you know, these are these are working actors. These are professional actors. Yeah, they're just like you know now getting a play out here. Cause it, you know, it used to be that brand new, you know, fresh off the, the boat actors could come out here and get get into plays because the quote unquote real actors or working actors weren't as interested in doing theater. But that's not the case anymore. And it's now you know a thriving theater town, and it's much more competitive and. You know the the ensembles that are being put together um, are you know filled with with brilliant journeyman actors, and you go to you know and every time I go and I'm guilty of this too. Like friends are like, I'm doing a play, and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> and part part of the reason is because you know, and and I'm even struggling with this in this play because the play is over two hours long. Like it's and I everybody now has an incredibly short attention span, and I'm included in that. Like. I'm also guilty of that, where I'm like, do we really need to do this for two hours? I mean, is there any way that we can tell this story in 90 minutes? And that's like Woody Allen's rule of thumb is that, like, if you can't tell it in 90 minutes, it doesn't need to be told, um, or it should be cut. And um, I kind of have the same feeling about it. It's, it's you know, we, we have, our attention spans have been incredibly shortened, and that's not fake. That's a real thing. And I think that, you know, you, you have to adjust to that. And, you know, producers out here should be a little bit more aware of that. Like, it's, I, I, yes, it's, of course, it's like, who are we to cut these great works of art and, and you know, cut parts of Shakespeare, Inesta, or any of these people. But truthfully, it's like, if you want an audience and you want, you know, you want people to be excited about going to theater, you, you have to adjust this to, to this, you know, the way that people take in content now. Yeah, and, um, so true. You know, Pat, you know, we kind of had a, a little argument at the beginning of, of the rehearsal process. The actors were like, are we really not going to cut any of this? Because there are incredibly long monologues in this play. I mean, every character has at least two or three, like, cage-long monologues. Wow. And um, we're like, really, we can't, we're not going to cut any of these. Like, no, we're not cutting one line of it. And we're like, you're nuts, you know, and it's, it's not just you're nuts because now I have to go and learn this monologue, but it's you're nuts because the show is two hours long. And, you know, and he's like, well, if we're good, people will want to watch it. And I was like, you're right. I was going to say, you know, in this day and age, if it is longer than 90 minutes, it does, it forces 
it it forces the writer to have an extremely good script you know i mean like yeah. it, it every it really everybody has to up their game if they're if they're doing a, a lengthy project like that and i you know it's funny because i think to, you know for a director to say we're not cutting one word of this and you know this is this is what we're doing i would be the one that would be on stage going but we're not giving people time to tweet about it <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i know well i'm I, yeah i actually it, it's a what's fun about this play is that it takes place in an imaginary kingdom so that like the time you can't quite nail down when this was supposed to be, although we, we're dressed in sort of a Elizabethan get-up. Like, I can't wait to be able to share a photo of my, my um, costume and makeup. And But, um, you know, we also refer to, uh, you know, Hoover vacuums, and I've got my cell phone up on stage with me. Like, Queen is, you know, she's tweeting, and, and, and if I can actually, you know, get my focus ready and go on a public you know, live tweet a couple of photos during the play, if I if I can make it work within the context of the show. Oh, that's um, cool. So, you know, we're trying, we're doing our best to make it relevant to to modern audiences. But, you know, even I am still like, ugh, I think we could cut, you know, <laughs> 20 minutes out of the play. None of my stuff, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, but it's, so, it's so fun to be back in this again and, and remember that I, you know, because I, I was really intimidated. But, you know, once I actually decided to, accept the role and I read the play a few times, I was like, oh my God, I'm not, you know, I've been doing film and TV and these really realistic scripts and realistic acting and this is a very heightened type of, and I haven't played, this is a challenge for me because this role is not a role you would often see me play. Um, so I, I was really intimidated, but it's been nice to see that, oh yeah, I do have those muscles. Like, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I can stretch a little bit. I don't have to play roles that are you know, exactly like me, and, and you know, I, I can do this. So it's, it's been really fantastic for that reason. That's pretty cool. Now, this opens, you said, next Friday, and it's at the NoHo Theater? Is that right? Yeah, the NoHo uh, Actors Theater. And um, it, if you're in L.A., it's very, you know, I'm, I'll be sharing all of this on Facebook and Twitter. Um, but uh, there's all these great restaurants around. It's a very intimate theater. It's, um, I don't, I it's it's less than it's like seventy five seats. It's not huge because here in LA we do it's called Equity Waiver Theater, mm-hmm. and um, in order to get around the equity rules, you have to have less than ninety nine seats. Right. Um, yeah. And by getting around equity rules, that means not paying the actors equity wages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lucky you! <laughs> yeah, lucky me. Um, yeah, I'm doing this for the love, not for the pay. Um, <laughs> so it's a very intimate theater, but it's a fantastic space, and um, it's really convenient to everything. And I think it's um, on on the um, website are listed at twenty five dollars, but um, we are doing a discount, uh, ten dollar discount for the fifteen dollars if you use the word producer. Um, producer. Actually, people, LA people hear this and can buy the tickets. Um, that's, that's pretty cool, and it's I'm run- super excited. We're we're running four weekends, just Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, hopefully, maybe we'll extend or we'll take it to another theater after the new year if we do really ouch if we do really well. Um, um, is that is it yeah. running through November? It's running through November. Yes, it's running great. up until Thanksgiving week, like the week before Thanksgiving. Oh, way cool. Okay, great. That gives people plenty yeah. of time then to get their tickets, plan a nice night out, and yeah. uh, and and put their put their phones down for two fucking hours. <laughs> exactly. Put your put your <laughs> phone. I mean, 
mean, <laughs> if nothing else, I promise people will laugh. Like, it's, it's even if you're not sure what you're watching, um, it is very funny. And um, it's, it's a very physical play. Like, I literally feel like Daffy Duck sometimes in this show. <laughs> oh, that, well, that makes it all worth it right there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. A clean Daffy Duck. I, you know, I was thinking when when I when I was I, I think I saw it on Facebook that you said you were playing a queen, and I thought, I wonder how many times so far she's been called Queen B. Because I immediately went right there, like, oh, how fitting. Yeah, because, because in the show, Erin, uh, the other actress, she's actually she's queen number one, and I'm queen number two, and she's got the. I mean, this this she's a brilliant actress, and she has such presence, and it's it's like. It, you know, I'm a little in awe of her. She's a very like commanding presence up on stage, and it's been it's been really fun to to sort of like take on the you know the subordinate role to her. Um, cool. it, but it's very easy with her because she's so like it, she's just got charisma for days. So it's been it's been kind of funny because yes, I'm playing the queen, but she kind of outqueens me. To be honest <laughs> with you. She outqueens you. I love it. She outqueens me. Oh, this sounds this sounds really fun and and uh, and a great time because everybody's looking for stuff to do before they you know get bogged down by the holidays. So perfect timing. Yes, excellent. Yes, exactly. October's sort of like the last fun month before all the family obligations <laughs> begin, and it's true. you know Thanksgiving kicks in. So it's it's perfect timing to to you know uh, sort of conclude this year on a awesome positive artistic note and you know get ready for the new year. We should we should definitely talk about um, um, figuring out a way to maybe to get this to Riverside Studios here. Oh man, wouldn't that be great? That would be fantastic. That was completely. We should talk about that. We totally, um, yeah, we we totally should because it's it's well, it's a little bigger of a theater, but it's it's got that um, art house, funky, quirky feel to it. And how it, many sheets is it? I know we're already. <laughs> it's about four hundred, I think. Okay, so it is an equity stage. Yeah, it's it is, and it's also it's a combination theater. There's a television studio. There's a restaurant. I mean, it is, it is a really fun spot to work actually, and it is right in downtown London near the Apollo and all the other good stuff. So it's it's a great it's a great space. It really is. It's right on the Thames too. The back you can sit out back on the deck and be on the water. It's just really awesome. I can't can't tell you what what fun it was working there but also it just the way you're describing this play I feel like there's an audience here for for that there is a a massive audience here for exactly what you're describing oh wow we need to talk about that we'll put our heads together once once the show is concluded I'm going to give you a call most Um, definitely we can talk about this because you know if, if you're still in touch with Sharon she'd be a great marguerite um Oh yeah, it's true. Yes, yes, I it's am. It's a brilliant. It's a brilliant uh, showcase. I think um, she's in LA now too. Okay, well we're we're talking about this. So <laughs> let's, let's make this happen. All right. Well, let's. You know what? You stay focused on 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 playing the queen number two, and uh, and I'll and I'll put some things together, and we will reconvene after this this play gets stellar reviews, and and everybody, it's all a buzz out there. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, please. It's my pleasure. You know we love having you on.